My name is Nanisha Myers, and you're listening to Curating Brave Spaces at the Intersection of Identities on Holistic Health as part of Amplify Women on X-Ray FM. Again, if you'd like to join in on the conversation with any questions or comments, we encourage you to do so by texting 971-220-5979 or emailing in at dj at xray.fm. First, I'll love to start with what is intersectionality? It was coined by our queen civil rights activist and legal scholar, Kimberly Crenshaw. The definition of it is the interconnected nature of social categorization such as race, class, and gender as they apply to given individuals or group regarded as creating overlapping and inter interdependent systems of discrimination and disadvantage. <clears throat> Excuse me. So an example that I want to give is like a white trans individual born and raised in the U.S. will have a different experience than a black trans individual also born in the U.S. They can be at the same bar at the same time, engage with the same people, and still have a different experience due to the additional layer of discrimination of race. Even though from the cover it's easy to assume that they'll have the same if not similar experiences, that's never truly the case. By acknowledging the complex layers of the human experience, we're able to make accommodations accordingly. Since I live in Portland, I would love to give a bird's eye view of a few numbers. We'll start with the racial breakdown. So 77% is white, 8% is Asian, 6% is Black and African American, 5% is two or more races, Indigenous Americans or Indigenous Natives are only 0.8% and other races are two. From the data, Hispanics are not included in the data unless they fall under the category of other. So to hone in a little bit more specifically in the health industry, according to zippa.com, December, as of December 14th, 2021, the gender breakdown of practitioners based off of the outdated perspective of gender. It is female 75% and male 22%. The race breakdown is 66% white, 18% Asian, 9% Hispanic, 4% Black African American, Indigenous Natives, and or two or more races are not included in that data. For differently abled bodies in Portland, we are at 12%, and that's according to centerondisabilities.org. When it comes to immigrant or refugee um, status, according to portland.gov, it's 13.5. I wasn't able to find any data regarding gender identity or sexual preference, but based off of what we discussed, I think, you know, it's actually not safe to assume anything, but Portland as a whole is pretty colorful from my perspective. So what exactly is holistic health? So it's an approach to life that considers multiple dimensions of, of wellness. It encourages individuals to recognize the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual. The individual is an active participant in their health decisions and healing processes, including wellness-oriented 
lifestyle choices. According to media and how it perpetuates holistic health, there's definitely a certain, certain standard of beauty and a certain look to health. Now, keep in mind that the health and wellness industry is a $4.2 trillion industry. So there's a huge benefit of displaying it to be as a certain type of person that we all should strive to be. Mostly because there are certain characteristics, if you will, that have more privileges than others. So typically what I see when I look into media and especially holistic health, it's thin, pale for the most part. They identify as straight. Most of them are meditating in a meadow somewhere in a sunflower field, completely disconnected from the outside world, which for some people that really is their reality. What a blissful bubble that must be. But for a lot of us, that's not the reality. And sadly, in media, it is portrayed to overlook the real social economic issues that plagues multiple communities. It also has a tendency to perpetuate unhealthy relationships between all of us, and more importantly, with food. But we'll talk about the food thing another day, I promise. So what is a safe brave space. So a brave space is an inclusive communication-centered space that includes the mutual exchange of knowledge, mutual ex exchange for respect of life experiences, and the openness to have difficult conversations. The result of a brave space is empowerment for all parties involved. So how is it different from a safe space? Well, they're not separate. They're one and the same. But from my experience, a safe space lacks a few things, if you will. Um, there's additional layer of accountability for all parties involved when it comes to a brave space. All the attributes that make us who we are are honored, respected, and accommodations made whenever possible. It's the acknowledgement of our own lack of knowledge through personal experience for individuals. It provides the stage for those who have lived the experience to speak on how the system is flawed and how it can be more inclusive. In the spaces that appear to be safe, truly sometimes it can only be safe for a certain type of individual. From what I've seen and heard, in certain communities that are supposed to be so safe and inclusive, they have definitely perpetuated fat phobia, transphobia, racism, misogyny, and the list goes on. There sadly is an illusion that if there's one layer of discrimination, that there's enough to understand the complexity of intersectionality. So I'm gonna share a story of a time that I was in a safe space specifically more of a holistic health. I was actually in massage school. I was in one of my classes and I was brave enough to say, one of my biggest fears is to sit down for coffee at an all white table. That evening was <laughs> insane to say the least because almost every single one of my classmates came up to me and said, that was so brave of you to say, I hope I never made you feel that way. 
I was then invited out to coffee and then followed up with, what is the Black experience like in Portland? And I'm just sitting there like, wow, this totally just went over their heads. <laughs> because the reason why it is one of my biggest fears is because it will be solely about my race and my experience of being Black in Portland. It won't be about my hobbies, who I am as a person, my family, or just generally how the world is doing. It has nothing to do about my joys in life, only the struggles. So a brave space for me means that I can show up as fiercely without apologizing. I give and receive support effortlessly. I'm able to be seen for all the joys and light that lives within without the traumas of my experience being the first topic of conversation while still having the option to share my experience. We recognize the struggles that exist within each of our differences without assuming that either of us know what a day is like. We meet each other where we are, eye to eye. So how do we curate a brave space? The first step to me is acknowledging your own personal conscious and unconscious biases. For me, to be honest, I grew up in a semi-religious household. When I say semi-religious, I mean mostly judgmental. I think some people can really align to that, but it is what it is. Um, I acknowledge every single day that even though I am a black, queer, plus-size woman, I still have biases from my childhood, conscious and unconscious. I'm really trying to work on the conscious ones, y'all. I make an effort every single day. But the one step that I really try to strive for is try to be present in each moment. When someone is speaking, I'm not thinking about what I'm gonna say next. I remind myself that if my thought was that profound, it'll totally come back. The second thing is really allowing individuals that have so many complex layers to them to hold the space to speak. Diversify the people that you converse with and that you support. If everyone in the room looks the same, there's a lot of perspectives missing. Know that you can read every single book and listen to every single podcast in regards to the human experience but we should not speak on experiences that we have not lived. We can only continue to become better allies and advocates. We can listen with an open heart. People are still coping with everyday traumas of just existing. If we truly think about it, to be in a constant state of fear for being who you are. And unfortunately for some of us, we can't hide in plain sight. So the best thing to do is to listen, to protect, to not take offense or try to change the subject. Listen with compassion. The next is to see color. Yeah, you gotta see color. Unfortunately, by taking away anyone's shade doesn't make it a more inclusive space and bringing a special microfine glass under a certain color of person also doesn't make an inclusive space. It should be a space that we can just be. If 
you're friends with someone and they bring something up to your attention, especially when it comes to potentially an unconscious bias that you had no idea that you had, try to make a change for the thing that they bring up to you. Again, I will share a personal story that I hope no one has to go through. But I was at a party. I was hanging out with people I've always hung out with. It was labeled a safe space for everyone. So while I was there, I was talking with a friend. We were in a really deep conversation. I wish I remembered what we were talking about, but I don't. But I just remember the host turning to us. There's, again, there's like 10 people in his basement. Okay, there's not just three of us. So the host turns to me and my friend and just like, can we talk about something else? I'm bored. And in that moment, I knew like, this isn't a safe space for me. It's only safe for me if and when I play into a role that they gave me. So me being me and being very outspoken, I texted them the next morning. And I said, I was under the impression that this space was a safe space for everyone. And in that moment, I felt unsafe to be me. And it felt like the oppressed became the oppressor. Now, to paint a whole picture, the host was white, queer, male. So there was one layer to the complexity when it comes to the societal categories, if you will. And he came from a religious household that silenced him from being who he truly was for a really long time. And I always led in to compassion, but it just wasn't reciprocated the same way. So after I called them out, I was lately never invited out again and have not been in contact with anyone that was there. But to be honest, good riddance. The next thing that we can do to really curate a brave space is not to assume anything it's not appropriate to assume someone's answer before you ask or to assume someone's life story. If you really need to know, just ask. Don't shy away from asking open-ended questions, but remember to respect that person's right to not answer. No one is entitled to give you an explanation. The next thing that we can do is discuss and reestablish boundaries. Obtaining consent one time just isn't enough. Now, speaking from a massage therapist's point of view, therapists are allowed to set boundaries on what they are physically comfortable doing when it comes to pressure, techniques. All of us do not specialize in all modalities. So we do have a right to set boundaries. And for some massage therapists, they may ask for clients to keep their undergarments on. And if you're an employee and that is re like required of you to not be comfortable, that's unacceptable. Another example is when a client needs additional emo emotional support. As a massage therapist, I believe that I should only ask them, how can I support you in this moment? It gives the client the opportunity to find the words of how they need support. It gives them the mic to set the tone on how to move forward. And after the session, I can ask if they need any additional support and give them a referral, but it's not my place to pry in that moment. It's recognizing the limitations of our own being 
but allowing the support to, continu to continue elsewhere. When we hold space for individuals to answer a question, because we kind of have a habit of trying to fill in the blanks for other people, it's good to actually hold the space for people to find the vocabulary, to label what they're going through. And it may not even be a word, it could be a sound, a grunt, a tap, whatever it may be. But if that is the way that they need to communicate what they're going through, it's appropriate. So by acknowledging someone's complexity, sadly, it just sometimes isn't enough. We have to be active in our role in creating a brave space for people. When we see something, we should say something, even if that means calling out your best friend. And when it comes to holistic health, there is no one right way of doing it, especially based off of the definition that I gave earlier. It is about recognizing the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual. There is no one way of doing anything. So right now we're just gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. So you've been listening to Curating Brave Spaces at the intersection of identities and holistic health as part of Amplify Women on X-Ray FM, a celebration of International Women's Day. So how do we curate a brave space in Portland, Oregon? It's not making assumptions. You can show up, show up and allow yourself to make mistakes to not feel entitled to anyone's explanation on why they choose to be who they are, to be open to have conversations with a diverse community by getting out of your comfort zone of your own community. It's so important to be in a diverse space. Just in case you weren't aware, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, the demographic is a lot different than Portland, Oregon. And it's very easy in Portland to become clicky, to be gravitate towards people that are just like you, that have the same interests as you, listen to the same music as you, go to the same bars as you, live the same life as you. So it's really important to make an effort to get out of those spaces to truly be aware of the different walks of life so you can be more compassionate in every interaction. Another way to curate a brave space is to not take things personally. It 
can be really hard to hear someone set a boundary to say that they don't want to talk about something, that they don't want to do something. It's even in massage therapy, we can take our craft very personally. Like, but it's so important to know that we are prioritizing not only ourselves, the the preservation, not preservation, preservation of ourselves, but also the other person. Both of us, when we come into the space, it should be, again, a mutual exchange of knowledge, a mutual exchange of respect, no matter the differences. And it's really important in Portland to prioritize protecting those that are unlike you. It's, it's crucial. I can't stress it enough. We've all gone through a lot the last two years. And sadly, it seems like globally, it's not really getting much better. And it's really important to see that no matter what you see on social media, there's so much more going on in the world. And I'm going on a tangent. I'm supposed to be talking about holistic health. <laughs> so how do we curate a brave space in holistic health? It's by being brave enough to be the outcast in the industry because the industry is so one way. There's one certain image and helping amplify those voices that are going against the grain of it all. In holistic health, again, we should keep in mind that no matter the religion, no matter the culture, no matter the where we come from, it is all about seeing the person as a whole and supporting the person as a whole through the entire journey, not just for the good parts. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning in and learning more on how to curate brave spaces for for all of us, truly. If you would like to connect with me, you can head to my website. It's www.akashamassagepdx.com or I'm on Instagram at akasha period massage pdx. Remember, an act a day keeps oppression away. Every thought leads to an emotion. Every emotion leads to action. Every action has a reaction. So you, again, have been listening to Curating Based Spaces at the intersection of identities and holistic health as part of the Amplified Women on X-Ray FM, a celebration of International Women's Day. I am Nanisha Myers. Stay tuned to hear about gatekeeping and tokenization in the fine arts with Nina and Zaji. The radio's yours. <laughs>